Gentlemen, and welcome to the March 20th, 2018 edition of Season 5 of The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Sunday night at 7 p.m., right here on the Nachum Siegel Network every week. We will take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. You had a game this week? Let us know about it. You can friend me on Facebook, send me a message. My name is Elliot Weisselberg, that's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G, or you can like the Court Report fan page. You could also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S, Wise Guy, that's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. You could also connect with me on Instagram, my handle, N-S-N Court Report, because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Oh my gosh, have they been busy this past week alone. I was actually in the store yesterday. I was there. I saw their showroom. I mean, they're still stocked to the gills with trophies that need to be given out. And just the the amount of work that these guys do. Get to them now. Get to them as soon as possible. They'll, they'll help you out. They're already starting on work for for this year's edition of the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Junior High Hockey Tournament. They'll be more than happy to help you, too. Give them a call, 718-769-4111, and find out what all of the champions in the Yeshiva League have already found out, and that's what an amazing job they do just capturing what it means to win a championship. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official analyst, but most of all, like you, I am a huge Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of our episodes of The Court Report all the way back to the very first one. Plus, you'll be able to send in comments for each show. Please keep the comments nice. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches, please be courteous enough to do the same. Uh, Welcome back, folks. So, some great news. This was such an amazing week. So much went on. Uh, I mean, despite the fact that over the last few weeks, you know, the disappointment of not being able to call the the, uh, basketball games, uh, you know, just made up by the fact that this past week, which is such an amazing personal week for me in the hockey world, in coaching, in in announcing. For those of you that were able to listen to our broadcast the other day, uh, it was such an amazing hockey broadcast, the hockey championships from Lawrence Middle School. Um, Four hours of just amazing airtime. I have to give props to to everybody involved, to, I mean, starting off with, uh, you know, my broadcast partners, of one of whom we'll have on today. I want to thank David Kolb for his amazing, amazing work uh, with me on the JV Championship game between Frisch and TABC, and as well to Avidan Berman for his, uh, his uh, you know, still a young kid, but so knowledgeable, so, so so enlightening to see somebody who is still 
you know, who's up and coming, really get a grasp of the game. Avidan will be on with us just a little bit later to discuss the game and his experiences, and also to discuss something that happened to us both personally this past week, and that uh, had to do with our joint efforts in bringing a junior high hockey championship to our uh, New York middle school YCQ Wildcats. We'll discuss that a little more later on. I, I, I mean, yeah, it's not high school, but you know what? This is my show, and at some point, especially this time of the year where there's uh, where there are very few games to talk about, I, I think we can sneak a little bit of personal no, uh, news and notes uh, in on this show. Uh, I, this week, not as many games to really discuss from the championship end. You know, we have junior varsity basketball to discuss between Hafter and TABC last Wednesday night. We'll take you through that. Uh, we'll have the two games from this past, uh, you know, from the past few uh, days. Uh, so that, well, sorry, from Sunday, the two games from Sunday, the JV and varsity hockey championships, Frisch and TABC, Frisch and SAR. Uh, we'll give you the lowdown on that. We'll also get you through to uh, some Sarachek action, which went on this past week at the uh, Max Stern Athletic Center on the campus of Yeshiva University, which included a, 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 a Friday rematch of last Sunday's game. I'm sorry, last Monday's game. I'm still in Sunday championship mode. But last Monday's game uh, featuring the uh, Mag and David Warriors, your 2018 uh, Metropolitan Shiva High School Athletic League Varsity Basketball Champions, and their uh, their counterparts for that game, the Frisch Cougars. That took place. That rematch took place this past Friday uh, in YU at the uh, Red Sarachek, uh tournament. We'll get through all that action, taking you through to yesterday, where we had a, a very thrilling final, uh, coming down to the very last moments. A great. Uh, a great back and forth. I don't even say back and forth in that, but in a, a great game of runs that really made for some entertaining television. And, uh, you know, it, there's just so much, to, even though there's not that much, there's still so much. Um, on a uh, personal note for the show, um, so been doing some work on this over the past week, and here's what we're going to do. Because we still want to cover the girls' championship games, the girls' championship games are tonight. They're going on right now. Um, you, uh, I, I mean, you can if you want to go over and you know watch them have a you know have this side by side. Try to listen to both of us, um, but you can do that. But here's what we're going to do. Because it's only going to be those two games that we're going to be able to discuss. We are going to have a show next week. There will be a show next Tuesday night, a brand new court report. It will be for one half hour. So next week, next Tuesday night, we will have the season finale of the 2017-2018 season five of the court report. It'll be a half hour from 7 o'clock to 7.30, where we'll essentially you know, go through the two, the JV and the varsity girls basketball championships, uh, the JV championships between Frisch and SAR, the varsity championship between Frisch and Breweria, Frisch making its way to many finals this year. We'll, we'll take you through the, the Frisch action from this past Sunday. Frisch also in both of these championships. So we'll take you through that. But there's still two games left. I want to get through them. We've been covering the girls all year. There is no reason to stop short now. So 
I, I feel like it's only it's only right. We'll also get some time to just discuss some of you know some of my favorite stuff from this past year. Uh, I don't know that we'd have enough to cover a full hour. If we do, uh, I'll give everybody a heads up, and we'll we'll see if we can expand to a full hour. But I, I'm sort of of the opinion that I think a half hour is the perfect amount of time to cover exactly what we need to cover, and uh, that'll take us pretty much into. You know, into the off season, into or uh, into the spring, into the off season. However, you want to best look at it, whatever it's for you. Because I know several people, you know, several are, are already starting on your next uh, teams. I know that girls hockey is already going on. Uh, volleyball uh, for the boys is going to start up soon. Soccer has already started in every. Uh, I think both for both boys and girls soccer has already started. And uh, before you know it, uh, today, remember guys, today was the first day of spring, so that means pretty soon your Fridays will be filled, and uh, I guess your Sundays also, with softball and baseball. So that's that's really what's on the docket. So for today, like I said, let's recap what we're going to do. We're going to cover the JV Basketball Championships. Uh, I'll, take you, I'll, I'll take you through all that action. And we will also take a rundown through the JV and Varsity Hockey Championships from this past Sunday. And uh, I will uh, uh, have my co, uh, I guess my uh, my co-announcer, my, my fellow broadcaster, Avi Don Berman, on the show a little bit later to talk about the experience, talk about the, the games, because they were really, two really phenomenal games. And so the question is, you know, the question is, what what do we take out of it? What do we learn? What what happened on Sunday that people really should take note of for the future? Um, Avidan has uh, has taken the opportunity to really look through the JV and the varsity leagues. Uh, he was there on Sunday to to experience both games. And uh, being around as long as we both have, uh, obviously myself being around the the hockey leagues for the last uh, I'd say the better part of the last 13 years Avi Don has uh, been around as uh, you know in sort of similar capacities for the last four or five Uh, I think we both have a pretty good bead on what's happening and what's going to happen over the next few months and uh, I think we'll we'll touch on that a little bit but I think for the most part we really want to just take uh, a couple of moments to discuss the experiences from this past Sunday so we'll see if we can get into that. Uh, we'll definitely, again, touch on the amazing week that we both had uh, this past Thursday night with our junior high boys. And, uh, yeah, so uh, that's that's where we stand on this, what is going to essentially be the second-to-last court report of the 2017-2018 Yeshiva League season. Uh, I think it's only fair to thank a few people before we jump into... Uh, our show for today, especially from the broadcast. Um, Got to say thank you to our sponsors to, from Sunday's broadcast. Thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. Thank you to um, uh, the Regal Bank of New Jersey. There were a couple of other sponsors that joined along the way. Um, and we thank all of you for showing your support to the Siegel Network for really making us a part of your business and allowing us to help further your business. Uh, look, people, already starting on next year, and God willing, 
uh, next year, we won't uh, we won't be shortchanging ourselves by only having the broadcast of the hockey. God willing, next year we will the, the weather will be amazing. We'll be able to put on all three broadcasts: the basketball, uh, the, both the boys JV varsity, girls JV varsity, and the varsity boys varsity and JV hockey broadcasts. Um, and we'll be able to do that, and so it'll make it uh, well worth it to become a part of the Knock'em Seal Network family. Also want to say thank you to, uh, I guess, uh, the, the crew that helped us the other day. Um, there's, there's a, there are certain few crews that really know what they're doing, and chief among them has to be the, the crew from the Frisch Cougar Network Nation. Uh, it's it, it's great to see kids who are so interested in it that they're learning. It's not just a hobby to them. It's not just a a, a something that they do. Uh, Rabbi Steve Patinsky really does an amazing job with that crew. Really teaching them the finer points of broadcasting and what it means to not only be behind the mic, but what it means to be off of the camera, behind the camera, behind the computer. Everybody who does the soup to nuts for an actual broadcast, these kids are learning. And you know what? They're going to be the next wave of kids that really have the opportunity to make it in the sports broadcasting world. They're getting a great education, and they were uh, amazing to work with yet again. Uh, thank you to everybody who joined in. Uh, thank you again to Frisch. Thank you to Rabbi Siener for allowing us to uh, to to use the equipment for uh, giving us the opportunity to broadcast uh, the day to basically the entire world. At the very least, the entire yeshiva world, but even more so on the Nakam Siegel Network. And you can actually go to the Nakam Siegel Network page. You can take a look at, um, at what uh, what transpired this past Sunday? If you just go to, if I mean, if you just, if you're already on the Nakam Single Network um, website listening to us, then you know if you just go to the homepage, it's probably still up there. I believe it's still up there. You can click it, listen to it in its entirety. You can enjoy that. If you are on your phone, you can do the same thing as well. You can go to, if you're using the app, just you know, head over to the browser at some point, and you know. Take a listen. Take a listen and watch the game. Really was a fascinating game. And as I said, Avidan Berman, who uh, was my commentator, my co-commentator for the varsity game, David Kolb, all sorts of knowledge. Uh, there's there's no shortage of knowledge, especially when Coach Kolb is on with uh, it's on the air. Uh, you're talking over 20 years of experience as a coach. Or as a personality around the league for the work he does with Camp David, he knows the kids. He sees the kids. He's around the kids. He he knows the game, and it just makes for great broadcasting. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Take four hours out of your time, just watch it end to end, and I, I think you'll you'll find if you haven't seen it already. I mean, obviously, if you've seen it, you know you're watching. You know what? Go watch it again. What's what's the what's the what does it hurt? You pick up something you haven't seen before. If you were watching it live on Sunday, go back, take a watch. Just you know, really look at the finer points of what turned both of those games. And there really were a couple of key moments that turned both of those games. And again, we'll discuss that when Avi Don Berman joins us just a little later on 
in the show. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start out with basketball. We're going to start out with JV basketball because we're going to keep to the championships. We're going to start out with JV basketball. After that, we'll move over to uh, we'll move over to hockey. I'll give you the lay of the land for um, you know for the two games, and then we'll have Avidan on. After that, with whatever time we have left, we'll jump back to Saracek and just give you the rundown there. And after that, you know, we'll see how much time we have left to just discuss. I guess whatever. To kick off our show, though, we are going to start with the JV Basketball Championship happening uh, that happened this past Wednesday night out in Heschel. Again, one of the games that was supposed to be, uh, again, last Sunday uh, with the varsity for a doubleheader moved over to Wednesday night because of, well, a couple of things, because of the, the weather and because of scheduling issues. Uh, game got moved, game done in Heschel, a little bit of a smaller court, uh, a little bit less of a of a big game feel, but still all uh, all the drama that one would imagine game carried live on the uh, after Hawks live stream after uh, obviously we could not do it just a little bit of a run in for this game taking a look at the two teams involved the Hafter Hawks and the TABC Storm for Hafter probably the team you expected to be there especially coming out of the east 9 and 1 on the year uh, one loss to North Shore in overtime during the regular season in the playoffs uh, not an easy road but certainly a road that was uh, i guess um, very much their liking. Uh, defeated two uh, five seeds in order to get there. Took out Ramaz in the quarterfinals after having a bye. They beat Ramaz 66 to 51, and then took out Mag and David 65 to 55. TABC a little bit of a tougher road. TABC finishing uh, in third in the West with a record of eight and two, dropping games to the two teams above it, Frisch and JEC. In the regular season, they would come in having to play a first round game, defeating. West 6 Heschel, 57-41, going on to the East to play the East 2 seed Shari, dominating them 62-41 in Brooklyn, and then taking advantage of Frisch last Saturday night, uh, or two Saturday nights ago, defeating Frisch 66-53. And so it set up a match between TABC and Hafter. It would be the second year in a row that these two teams would face. Uh, this would be uh, the first time that they would face on the championship level. Last year, TABC taking out Hafter in the semifinal. TABC going on to the championship and losing to Mag and David, the uh, last year's JV champion, TABC, looking for their first varsity, well, the junior varsity, their first any basketball championship, varsity or JV, I was going to say, basketball championship, after looking to get back into the championship run uh, after a few years of not having that. I believe the last JV championship they had was 10 years ago. Uh, the last varsity championship that was, uh, uh, I guess, half that time, maybe about three, four years ago. So this game took on a, a much heavier meaning uh, for both teams as they looked to get back on track. It, it, we really expected coming in it would be, uh, I guess, a, a two-player battle, if you want to look at it that way. There, were, there was a player on each team that everybody looked at and said, this is the guy that I feel is going to take over the game. And for TABC, it was the only man. For Hafter, Matthew Jedwab. So really it was, I guess, a clash of the Titans, the two people that were the two guys, the two kids that everybody felt, uh, you know, really was, I guess, the stars of their respective 
really the respective leagues, I should say, the respective divisions. And right off the bat, Jedwab really making his presence felt, scoring the first four points of the game uh, to give after the four uh, a four nothing lead, two and a half minutes in. Man, that would open TABC scoring with 4:32 left on a free throw. Um, it would be 10 seconds later before a steal would lead to a Leo Levy lay-in for TABC's first actual field goal. Levy would follow that uh, with a three after Hafter uh, uh, got two of their own to tie the game at six with 3.30 to go in the first. Uh, and then uh, the rest of the way for Hafter would be uh, would be off of the shooting of Ethan Oliner. Oliner would drop uh, four points in the final three minutes of the quarter and would take out of the quarter a 10-6 lead for the Hawks. Um, Jedwab hitting two shots early, going a little bit cold uh, the rest of the first period. And honestly, it would it would last for quite a while. We'll get into that. Second period of play, Hafter opened that up uh, with a three for a 13-6 lead. It would take another minute and a half for TABC to get on the board in the quarter, thanks to Yitzi Weiss' rebound and putback. It would be the first points TABC actually scored in six and a half minutes of play, stretching back to, uh, to Levy's three with 3.30 to go in the first. And that would actually start a, a massive run between... Uh, actually, sorry, next... Uh, Next, we would have a bucket from Nathan Rosenberg for Hafter to stretch it out to 15-8. And after that, it would be a massive run by TABC. TABC would end up scoring the rest of the way. They would end up going on a 16-3 run to cap off the period. Uh, they had it was a three-point. Uh, they were a couple of three-pointers. Uh, Levy hit uh, another bucket and three-pointer. Weiss had a couple of foul shots and uh, really uh, was a catalyst with six points, uh, all of them coming in the second quarter, part of that run. Uh, Levy would have ten points, five in each quarter, a three and a bucket, uh, really setting the pace. The only man, a, a little quiet, five points, uh, not really getting himself going just yet. Jedwab, much the same, again, scoring the first four points of the game, uh, in the f- opening minutes, then going cold and hitting only a foul shot before the end of the half. Hafter really leaning on Ethan Oliner for the points, and at the end of the half, uh, Yoni Mann would close it out with a layup, giving TABC the 24-18 to lead going into the half. Now, the second half would be a, a much more open half. There would be a lot more scoring, and on, and the third quarter would actually be one of um, uh, two major runs uh, that would start off uh, with TABC going on a 7-0 run off of uh, two Weiss foul shots, a man floater, and uh, another lay-in right after that to extend it to 29-18. to uh, Merwis would hit a, uh, a bucket also, and before you knew it, it was 31-18 TABC, a 7-0 run in the third, 11 straight points going back to the second quarter. Then it would be Hafter's turn. Hafter would uh, turn it the other way with a 9-0 run of their own uh, Jedwab hitting a couple of free throws after Appel hit two free throws and would then uh, get another shot, hit one of two. Rosenberg would get a rebound, lay it in, and Oliner would also get a free throw. Jedwab would get his first uh, field goal in over 
two quarters with a lay-in to cut it to a 31-27 to lead. That uh, run would be broken, though, by a Liam Levy three-pointer to extend it back out to 34-27. Jedwa would hit free throws to uh, to end half the scoring, and, uh, but... I mean, that would t- bring it to 34-29. Mann, though, would hold for the last shot for TABC. Got help with the screen. Drove it in for the layup for the 36-29 lead going into the fourth quarter of play. So Hafter coming back from a, a 13-point deficit, uh, now down seven, but bigger problems at hand there. Point guard, one of their main leaders, Jordan Appel, heading into the fourth quarter with four fouls. He would eventually foul out in the fourth quarter of play, and that would actually turn the tide. There was a lot of scoring in the fourth quarter, as we said. The, the second half itself was, uh, was big on scoring, 36-29, going into the fourth quarter of play. The two teams would really go at it. Uh, we'd start out with uh, Levy hitting the first bucket of the quarter to make it a nine-point game. The teams would then trade layups for the next minute. We'd have a 42-33 to score. 439 to go. Ethan Oliner hitting the shot, going to the line for the foul, and hits, hitting the foul shot for his 12th point of the night. Uh, 42-36, to cutting down to six. At that, It was at that point that Appel fouled out. Uh, Hafter would look to try to to make a run of it. Uh, Rosenberg would uh, take it to the hole, hit the shot, get fouled, and then hit the foul shot, and we would have a three-point game. It would go the other way, though, and Yoni Mann would go Eurostep, get the foul on the other end, hitting his foul shot to put the lead back to six. And it just seemed like Hafter sort of had... They were a little out of sorts without their court general, but... They would get contributions from Oliner, uh, who would get a, a take it himself, missing the first time, getting the rebound, and putting it in to cut it down to four. Uh, the lead would go back up to seven uh, with 2.36 to go. Oliner would, uh, would get an assist on a pass to a cutting Nathan down low. He got fouled. Weiss would foul out. Uh, he would, and uh, Nathan would hit the shot to make it 48-44. And that would really be the extent of it. Uh, TABC would get a couple of more baskets, hit a couple of foul shots, and before you knew it, it was 54 to 44 with 50 seconds left. You think at that point, 10-point lead, it's over. But uh, you never really can count out a, a team as good as after. Jedwab would uh, finally find range, hit a long, awkward three with 35.9 to go, got a 7-point TABC lead, quick after timeout. They would then go on, continue the fouling spree. Man would hit a foul shot. And then on the other end, Avi Rocos would hit a three-pointer to make it 55-50. to 50. But that was with 20 seconds left with no timeouts. Clock continued to wind down. Eight seconds would run off before they would finally be able to uh, foul. Uh, foul was missed, but the rebound would go to TABC. Hafter, uh, in frustration, would foul, would end up getting hit with technicals. The only man would hit three of the four foul shots to push it out to a 58-50 to lead, and that would be your final score, giving TABC the JV Championship, their first basketball championship in school history. The only man, 21 points on the night, leading the game, 17 in the second half. Jedwab leading Hafter with 15, 10 in the second half. Congratulations to the TABC Storm on their first JV basketball and basketball overall championship for that school.
Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League Sports. Joining me on The Court Report, if you were watching this past Sunday to the Varsity Hockey Championships at Lawrence Middle School, you would notice a, a fairly new voice to the broadcasting world, Avidan Berman, now joining us. Avidan, uh, I've known Avidan for a very long time, as you might have uh, known from our references on the air this past Sunday. Avidan, welcome to the Court Report. Hey, Elliot, how's it going? Not too bad. I, I hope that uh, you didn't strain your voice uh, all that much on Sunday. I know it might have been a new experience for you, or at least a, uh, I guess, your second time. You, Avidan joined me last year to do the Junior High broadcast, which sort of kicked off our uh, the Nachum Segal Network broadcasting coverage. Uh, talk about the experience. I know this is... It's it's sort of like your first time, but talk to the people out there. Let them know what it's really like to be behind the mic for a championship. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it, it was a lot easier because I was working with you, so it was the person who I've spoken to a lot in the past, and it was really just like having a conversation. And it was more, uh, it was just very exciting to be a part of the you know the two you know the varsity game on Sunday. This is just two very entertaining games that because you know I got to watch the JV game, so I think. Uh, it was different in terms of the speed, but, you know, everything was really normal in terms of, you know, the hockey perspective. Now, let, let's talk about that, because I think what we saw yesterday, you and I, what we discussed, especially very early on in the contest yesterday, the, the varsity contest, was that we were seeing two different games over the course of the day. Take us through that. What were the differences between the two games we saw? Well, I mean, I think in the JV game, it was... Um, it was just a lot of uh, dump and chase, and we really only saw the only goal once. There was uh, once a player passed the ball up to you know to Zach uh, Zach Levy, and you know in the varsity game there was a little bit more passing, a little bit more teamwork, and I think that's what really led to you know just having a lot more goals over the course of that game. Well, we'll get into specifics about the game in just a few moments. I mean, you look at the two teams that played in the in the JV contest. You were sitting behind me while I was broadcasting with, with David Kolb. What was the first thing that jumped to mind when you saw Frisch and TABC really go at it? So the two teams, uh, kind of, they, they both came out. Uh, TABC was as expected, but I was, I was very surprised with Frisch because coming in, they were known, you know, for being a very, very offensive team. And they were a lot smarter in their own zone than I thought they would have been. So it was very, they played a very, very strong game. And, um, and yeah, you saw their offense. And, you know, Gibber played a very, very good game. So they, that's the first side. TBC, I saw a lot of what I thought I would see. It was that very smart, methodical, you know, going through, you know, what they wanted to do. And they eventually were able to come out with what they, you know, their strategy was able to come through. Well, for the first period, it really was a stalemate. When I spoke with David at the first period intermission, I asked him, who do you think won this? And he, he said there, there really was no winner in that contest. It was very much a, a – uh, we put it in boxing terms. It was very much a 10-10 split between the two teams, uh, a stalemate of teams just trying to figure out the, the gym and the, the surroundings. How do, you, how do you feel the gym played an impact in that game if it did? I think I, I didn't think it had as much of an effect as it did in the varsity game. Uh, I think, well, naturally they were trying to feel it out. I think TBC had a little bit of an advantage having played in a similar court. So you know, it, it, look, it has similar dimensions to that of uh, 
you know, their court and, uh, and TBC. So I think, I think it was really, I think both teams were really just playing, you know, feeling each other out more than anything else. And I think that, you know, followed through the second period also. I asked David this uh, question yesterday because it was very relevant. Uh, and let me get your perspective on it because I know you had rivalries when you were in high school. I certainly did as well. But the fact that these two teams are, are very were very close to each other, Frisch and TABC, six, uh, six, eight miles away from each other, a 15-minute car ride, they see each other all the time. The, clearly, Frisch and TABC are geographic. Uh, uh, they're... they're they're rivals in every sense. What does a game like this mean to a rivalry like that? So I'm actually going to start with, you know, rivalries. You know, they really don't start when you're in ninth and 10th grade. These, these kids have really been playing against each other pretty much their whole lives. So that's really where it starts. And then once you start splitting up, it really starts, you know, and for high schools, it starts building up. Um, rivalries just make the game better. That's really what it is. I mean, it whenever there's a rivalry, especially in a championship game, I mean, again, that, that's when West one is really at its best. Right. So what we saw, I think, for the first, at least through the first period and a half, really was a back-and-forth battle. I think you, you put it very aptly by calling it a dump-and-chase game. I, I don't think either team really stood out and, and made a, a, a hard push or any harder push than the other team. And I think that... The, the real question that we had through two periods, which at that point it was 0-0, was what, what, is going, what is it going to take to make the difference? What, what do you think, or you were watching, going to the third, what was your impression of what was going to make the difference uh, in breaking that scoreless tie? Well, I thought it was going to come to really that one defensive breakdown. And, just, and that was really you know, what I, just my perspective on it, because both teams were playing really so sound defensively that it was very difficult to get offensive opportunities. So the just giving people uh, uh, the idea of what happened in the third period. It's ironic. The four-on-four four, uh, play that we saw, I think, you'd, I think you'd agree the four-on-four play, completely even. Uh, a different story with 8.46 left in the game. We had the first penalties call, although there are people who believe that they're might have been a couple of more penalties that should have been called. But the first penalties uh, given out on the game, coincidental roughing uh, to uh, Baruch Karpov of TABC and to uh, Penn of Frisch, opening up the court. At that point, did you think that there that this was going to be the difference in the game? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I kind of hoped, you know, that uh, we're going to get something on the board. Uh, you know, everyone loves offense, so... That was really uh, that was really my thought to it, and I think it opened up for some real special hockey. And uh, boy, were we treated to uh, to a certain a certain act of offense, weren't we? Yeah, I mean Zach Levy's goal was really unbelievable. He got the ball up at half court, and then uh, he basically came in one on one with a def- with a first defender, and uh, he went and just and he and he fake shot and then toe dragged around and he was able to shoot the ball by uh, by the first goaltender and. It was really, really a special goal. Word, words won't do it justice. That's one of those things you got to watch the replay of the game for. Again, 8.08 uh, left in the third period of play. What was a nothing-nothing tie to that point, a, a real defensive battle. We'll talk about the defenses uh, for both teams in just a minute. But Zach Levy, 
uh, making a, a play three-on-three where nobody had opportunity four-on-four, four, Zach Levy making the difference, the freshman. And we'll talk about him about uh, and what his prospects are for next year with TABCR as well. But that being the uh, – eventually we'll find out that being the determining and the only goal of the game. So let's talk about what really was the story of this game. And that was, as you said before, the defensive play. You said it, it really surprised you on Frisch's end. It wasn't a shock on TABC's end. What about both teams really told you that this was going to be a lockdown defensive day? I think you saw it really immediately that there were there were no risks being taken, you know, and uh, it was a very very safe game. It was all about just making sure the other one didn't beat you for a while, and eventually once we got to three on three play, things opened up. But that, I think the boys really realized that in this moment, you know, you got a you know defense wins championships. Anybody stand out to you? So I, I, I was actually another freshman from TABC. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce his name right. Karpov? Yeah, Baruch Karpov. Yeah, Baruch Karpov. He, he was outstanding. I mean, he physically was all over the court, able to gain offensive opportunities and played a great two-way game. Um, offensively, you know, Eisner and Alter both showed up for fresh. I mean, they really, really played well. It was just uh, just a great game by TABC defensively, and, you know, and the goaltender giver. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, and, you know, TBC as a whole playing just a very sound game, just fundamentally. Well, I think give, those were really the big standouts from this game. Well, given the final tally on the year, Charles Gibber only giving up uh, three goals on the on the year. Gave up two in the regular season, gave up one in the semifinal to half. So talk about his play yesterday. He, you know what? He played very, very well. Um, he, it, at times you thought that there, were, there might be opportunities that might be able to go in uh, early on. Alter had an opportunity, uh, you know, maybe in the first couple of minutes, and he was able to and he was able to close off an angle. And again, it, it's his game is very, very fundamentally sound, and he's and he takes away the angles. And this is a very good game by him. Certainly a big kid. I, I don't think you could have either way. I don't think you could have argued whether it would come down to him getting the MVP for the shutout, Zach Levy getting the MVP for, uh, for the, the game-winning goal. I don't, know, I don't know that there really could have been an argument given the play. Uh, um, uh, is that something you might have thought as well? I mean, I thought it was really a 1A, 1B type of situation for, that, uh, for, that, for the MVP award. I mean, they both played just so well. Well, knowing what we know now, the TABC Storm... Back to their winning ways. It's been a couple of years. It's been three years since their last championship getting back on track. And, you know, they still got Levy next year. They still have uh, Karpov. They will have Ellie Blumenfeld still there. Probably getting in a very good class. I mean, is it a stretch to say that we'll see this team next year in the same place? I think it's a pretty reasonable expectation that, uh, that they'll at least contend for a spot there. They have a lot of talent. I mean, Zach Levy is, you know, one of the top offensive talents in that age group. Um, and they have, you know, stout defense. And that's really what it takes. And, you know, and they have a great coach. So, Is there any other team that you think that may be able to step up to them next year and say, hey, not so fast on that crown? I mean, if we're talking league-wide, I think we could see a few teams possibly stay, a step up. Um, not 100% sure on Jersey, but I know at least, you know, I'm a lot more familiar with the New York kids. 
I could see, you know, DRS being able to step in there and compete. They're getting a lot of good young guys. Um, you know, and uh, I, 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 that's probably, and, oh yeah, and the North Shore for sure uh, is going to be, you know, right there competing. I mean, they got Charles Gresham, who's also phenomenal, played up in varsity, you know, as a freshman and did very well in the playoffs, so... I mean, if if you're not going to fill in from the Jersey end, I'll probably fill in from the Jersey end when I know. I, I know that there will be a good challenge from Kushner next year. you got to imagine that that squad, the squad that won the junior high championship last year, mostly intact, going to be together again next year, mostly as sophomores. And uh, the run they put together this year, although it fell short in Rambam, certainly gave Rambam, the uh, Eastern Division champions, a, a run for their money. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what? I'm going to actually apologize to Paul on that one. Uh, I, I actually got a ref, uh, you know, got a ref of one of their games uh, earlier in the year against JEC. Oh, well, very, that, that seems like a familiar game. I think I left my calf muscle there during that game. Yeah, you were, you were right along there. That was, that was a really, really good game also. So, uh, you know what, they're a really, really talented bunch as well. I could see them also fighting along there. So that brings us to the end of uh, the JV league for uh, this past year for the 2017-2018 season. Let's move on to the game that we called, Varsity Game. Give me your first impressions coming in. What were you really expecting from both teams? So uh, I had a lot of experience with uh, with a lot of these players, but I got to compete against uh, the SAR. You know, I was coaching against these S- uh, the, this SAR group when they were in ninth grade, you know, when I was coaching Rambam JV, um, and we lost to them. So I, I was familiar with them, and they, they, I was expecting really just a really, really strong offense. And then on the first side, I was uh, I was interested to see how they would react to not having Benji Feintuck there. Um, I got to ref some of their – I got to ref their game against MTA in MTA this year. And I was expecting also, you know, a, very, a strong offense. So I was expecting, you know, two teams to really go at it offensively. Again, uh, the, the uh, what you're referencing with Feintuck, uh, Benji Feintuck, one of the, the main stars for the Frisch team, for the Frisch Cougars, um, and one of the real catalysts for their run to the finals with his offensive and defensive zone help going down this past Thursday in practice, the last practice before the finals with an injury. He, he actually hurt himself two years ago when that squad was sophomores going into the championship game against uh, DRS, that was a broken wrist. He was able to play with that. This one, this one, uh, an ankle injury, uh, not as easy to compete with that. Yeah, no, it's really a shame. And you really feel for a kid like that, you know, and this, this was like his final game as a senior. And you go down in your last practice. I mean, yeah, just horrible. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, they, Frisch played through it really nicely, actually. Uh, Weiss really, uh, that, he really stepped up and did a good job taking this spot. Sammy Weiss, uh, first goal scorer against DRS in the quarterfinals, uh, used more of a third liner against TABC, stepping in in place of Feintuck on the second line. And, and I agree. I, I think that, that Sammy Weiss uh, earned himself several great opportunities. Uh, he, 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 when I say earned, I mean. He earned it. He picked up the ball in the corner, got it to the net. He gave he gave Frisch uh, all he really had. And the truth is, I think for the first two periods, you really felt like this was going to be a very close game, despite the fact that you had SAR that was so dominant during the regular season. The West number one seed, Frisch, the, the West number four seed. Not really your typical four seed, though. 
Yeah, no. I mean, look, Frisch. Uh, I mean, Frisch came out there, and you know, that game where I riffed, I riffed against MTA, they beat MTA, who was a higher seed in the regular season, and they they're very they're very very talented. I would not call that a four seed. So, as we talked about leading into the game, you had the big three versus the big three, or at least a, uh, I don't know if you call them big three versus big three, but the big three against Frisch's big three. Looking at it from the outset, I think you could have imagined that you'd get a big game from the likes of Gordy Kolb and Maury Bauer going up against each other. The two of them, the two goal scorers during the second period. Uh, we'll, we'll recap that in a couple of minutes. But how do you think as a whole the the main players from each squad really did in order to keep their teams in this game before the the main meat of the goals were scored? I think both teams, stars, really, uh, really played. Really, you know, they played solid. We saw, we saw a lot. I mean, we saw on one end. We saw, you know, for the first side, we saw we saw Joe, uh, Joe Trot get quite a few opportunities. He nearly scored from half court early on. Um, he, he re- they, they all played well, but nobody really stood out early. I mean, Weiss played great on the first side. Um, you know, Gordy was, is always a menace in the offensive zone, and Burian and Friedman also, you know, they played smart defense, and, you know, that was really their role early on, just playing defensive and smart. So, uh, things would come to a head more in the second period. Uh, the first period would end in a scoreless tie. Uh, as you were talking about Joe Trapp, uh, from what I remember during the game, Trapp also getting an opportunity shorthanded early on in the first period. Uh Frisch, uh, for, the, for the early part of the game, uh, played a very clean sheet. SAR did as well. We didn't really have as many penalties until the third period when things sort of got out of hand. But that second period really opened things up in terms of the soaring. Uh, talk about talk about Gordy Kolb's play in the second period. Well, it was exactly what you would hope out of, you know, a really a world-class player. Right? I mean... The first goal was come was you know really a coach. Yeah, you give that goal to the coach. I mean, they they drew up a, you know some sort of face off play, got won the ball right over to Gordy, who was at the foul line, and he just ripped the shot right in. And then you know, in his second goal also, you know, he, he took a shot from the wing and beat and beat the goalie. So, uh, it, he you got what you see. You got just a very good game out of him, especially in the second and third. So two goals in the second period for Kolb, four minutes apart. First, 7.34 left in the second period. The third, 3.57. SAR taking a 2-0 lead. A little over, just a little over a minute later, though, Frisch would come right back. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they made a play where uh, they took advantage of, you know, of a bad clear. They got a shot off, and then Maury Bauer was sitting on the doorstep and ripped the shot home. So Bauer um, scoring a goal with 2.45 left in the period. A little bit of a momentum swing. Did you get a feeling that at least for the rest of the 2.45 in that period that Frisch really had the better of the play? Yeah, I mean, I think they were able to get more opportunities. They really played with confidence and fire and it seemed like their goal really woke them up. So, and I think that was important. And, at least, you know, at least as for that second half of the second period there, they really played their best hockey. So we, we know that at the end with about, uh, I would say, under a minute, both teams had chances with the ball on the doorstep. 
uh, of the other team's net. Talk to me about who you felt really needed the goal the most. Obviously, Frisch needed the goal to tie up. SAR needed the goal to take a uh, a two-goal advantage. Who really needed that goal more, though? I think Frisch needed that goal. I think not being able to score, you know, to finish off the second period was big. Um, that goal, I think, would have just taken their their momentum and confidence to really an all new high. I, I don't know if SAR would have been able to contain them with what they would have been able to come at them with in that next period. But the fact that SAR was able to come out of that second period saying, "Hey, look, I, you know, they were doing well, but we still have the lead. Let's come back here." I think that really uh, helped them build off what you know their two one lead was at the time. And so we went to the third period with that being the score. The third period, things really started to open up. Uh, referees really started cracking down, and unfortunately, it looked as if things were really going in one direction, and it would end up costing the Frisch Cougars. Yeah, unfortunately, these things happen in big games, and... Um you know, you wish you wish the you wish that uh, everyone be able to keep their cool, but unfortunately, uh, those things happen. But at the end of the day, this is hockey, and these kids are all fighting for a championship. It's their last game of their career, and you you want them to be playing with energy, just a little bit more contained next time, or maybe you know for the future for any other player coming in. I think the real problem was that while the first couple of penalties didn't cost didn't cost Frisch, once you got midway through the period. Um, you, you kind of got the feeling that SAR was going to put one on the board and take advantage of it finally. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, how many goals did the big three put up for SAR? There was like fifty-five goals or something. Yeah, the combined over the season, they they over the regular season, they scored fifty-five. Thirty-two of them coming off the stick of Cole himself. Yeah, I mean, when you have three players able to do put up those kind of goal numbers in varsity, you can't give them opportunities especially not with a main advantage and that's really what ended up you know causing a pretty big fall for them i mean i don't think we saw four on four play after like the eight minute mark for like a solid five minutes so well uh i guess then from that description we really shouldn't be surprised about what gordy kolb did in the three minute span from the 516 mark onward Oh, no, you could still be surprised. I mean, when any player is able to score a natural hat-trick that fast. I mean, you, you don't expect that on anybody, but it just says just how good of a player Gordy, Gordy Kolb is. So, I mean, really. <laughs> the five sixteen mark left in the third, scored a four-on-two goal, would score again at the three forty-nine mark, and again at the three thirty-six mark. Gordy Kolb scoring five goals in a championship game. Uh, final score would end up being five to one. Gordy, the the offense for SAR, all the offense it would need. Uh, you got to imagine that being a, an all time championship performance. Yeah, I can't remember too many performances that you really come close to that. I mean, able to yeah, and this is the varsity championship where guys are really at their peak of their you know of their abilities and able to score five goals against what even if you're the best team, what would be the second best team in the league? Well, I mean, that yeah, just says it, it all. Potentially. I mean, this, I think that this year was so wide open that there were, if you, I mean, honestly, I think we all thought that there would be a, another team there instead of Frisch, and Frisch themselves proved proved us wrong by going out and beating DRS. Do you think this game might have been a little different if uh, we're looking at, if we're looking at the two teams everybody expected at the beginning of the year, SAR and DRS? Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been a little 
Yeah, I think it would be a little bit different. I mean, when J.K. Friedman's on one side of the court, you know that they're not going to be too many goals allowed. So I think that obviously uh, that obviously changes things. And that's no shot at any other goalie, but J.K. Friedman is you know another level. So naturally that would change things. But I also do think that S.E.R. would come out still come out on top just because they're just so potent. Well, the S.A.R. Sting, the 2017-2018 Varsity Hockey Champions. I, I don't think it was a shock to you or myself or anybody in the building that Gordy Kolb was given the uh, game MVP honors uh, after that performance, huh? Yeah, I mean, anybody who would have been surprised probably didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, Avidan, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I, I, I think that... Uh, Again, thank you for joining me on the broadcast. I know, again, it, was, it wasn't it was really your specialty, Varsity. I know, I mean, you've refed a lot of games over the year, but I know that, you know, last year we were a lot more comfortable with the, with the junior high because that really was our league. And so I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least give a nod out or a shout-out to our boys, the YCQ Wildcats, for uh, their amazing accomplishments this past week. Yeah, you know, shout-out to the boys, you know. They are. They they worked really hard over for the New York uh, New York championship there, and uh, look, uh, I would love to see them go up against the New Jersey champion at some point this year. I think it'd be a great time. Well, God willing, at the 2018 Martin Weislerberg Memorial Hockey Tournament coming up this June, we will get to see just that. Avidan, thank you so much for joining me, uh, and uh, enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you very much. You too, Elliot. So there you have it, Avidan Berman, uh, my co-commentator from this past Sunday's game, uh, the two games, and uh, as we said, that was your hockey championship. We had the uh, TABC Storm coming out victorious in the first game of the day, Zach Levy scoring a goal, 8:08 left in the third period of play. Uh, the varsity contest, it was pretty much one person doing all the damage, Gordy Kolb. Five goals on the afternoon. Uh, Maury Bauer, the lone goal for Frisch. 5-1 SAR taking their first varsity hockey championship for the, uh, for the school. It's the second championship overall with these boys taking, as Avidan told you, uh, their JV, the JV championship their freshman year as well. Well, couldn't quite help the time with that interview, so uh, I guess we are, I guess we are sort of bumping up against it. I we not didn't really have a chance to get into Sarachek. I guess I'll just give you the overall, and maybe we'll get into it next week. Actually, so I guess that'll be something more to talk about next week. Give us a little more time on the on the court report. We'll get into a Sarachek recap next week. Uh, along with the girls' varsity and girls' JV championship recaps. Uh, Just to, I guess I'll spoil it, just giving you the final overall. Shalhevet defeated Valley Tori yesterday, 53-51. So we got to see that championship again, uh, uh, coming on the heels of them having played in the uh, Cooper tournament to start the year. Uh, no Yeshiva League team in the finals. There were Yeshiva League teams that were in finals today, but not in the Tier 1 finals. We'll go through that next week. Uh, really, I guess I, this is one that I probably should have. Uh, again, be more timely to have it done today. Unfortunately, not going to happen. I guess I just want to finish off with, uh, again, as Avidan and I touched on, with um, a, a 
more of a tribute to my junior high team, uh, the YCQ Wildcats. Uh, these, it was a phenomenal year for us. We went undefeated, and I, I can't be more proud of my boys. For myself, um, this is my second championship in the junior high level. I've been coaching for 13 years, and um, really this was this was going to be the swan song, and it really was for me. I, I am walking away from the league after 13 years, and I, I can't say that there's anything more or any other way that I would rather walk out. I, I'm very proud of the boys. We defeated Halb 4-1. Halb, such a, a gracious team, uh, gracious in victory, gracious in defeat. Uh, always the big nemesis. So this actually, uh, this was one of the last few things that I, I really felt I, I would love to accomplish. Halb is one of those rivals where, you know, everybody has that rivalry. And for my career, it's always been the Halb Lions. So it makes the victory a little extra sweet. But, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to walk away from something that you really enjoy and you really love. And this team really did... Um, it really just bring me back to when I first started as to why I really enjoyed doing it. And as much as I, uh, as much as I feel as if my time to walk away from junior high has come, you know, it sort of makes you think about, you know, the future about having a team like this again. But um, yeah, that's, it's going to be a little sad. Maybe I'll, I'll get, I'll dive into it a little more next week. Uh, But for now, this is really where, where we have to leave things because we are extremely bumping up against the uh, against the um, yeah against the clock here as the eight o'clock hour looms over us very very shortly. So that being the case, I want to once again thank Avi Don Berman for joining us on the show today. Thank you again for listening into the court report. Uh, again, next week will be our final show. Right now, slated to be a half hour, but if we need to go a little longer than that, I guess we can. And we have a lot of time to play with over that hour. Um, if you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can catch the encore presentation every Sunday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the court report in our archives, the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, jamming the AM with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m., live on the app or at NachumSiegel.com. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM and the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM and the AM sports update, just like you did this morning. Uh, Once again, I'm Elliot Weiselberg reminding you, it's good to be smart, but better to be wise. See you next week right here on The Court Report, only on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com